going to show you the heritage of the ancient cultures of the Mediterranean. Welcome to another episode of Kill James Bond. I am Alice Gordor Kelly. I am joined, as always, by my friends Abigail Thorne and Devon. Hello. Hello. And we are going to show you the ancient cultures of the Mediterranean. <laughs> oh, boy. Through the prism, through the lens of the third Man from Uncle movie, One Spy Too Many. All of these movies have the same name. At this point, I'm fully uncle pilled. I'm completely on board. This shit is. Shit's yes, fantastic. I told you it was good. <laughs> Although I will say that this one is is disappointingly sensible. <laughs> it's you know, still I, I really liked it. I really liked it. And the, like the the two of us saw this before Dev. Dev, you saw it last. And yes. like when each of us sort of rewatched it, we each put a message in the group chat that was like, "Ah, oh, this is this is the movie that that is going to make Dev fall in love with the Man from Uncle." Mm. And I'm pleased that we were right mm-hmm. about that. This is the movie uh, um, that's completely uncle-filled me. Just from like start to three-quarter mark, it's just absolutely perfection. Then it sort of loses steam a bit, but then it lands at the end. So, mm-hmm. well, I, I should say that the the movie begins with a guy. <laughs> it a presents a fella to us. Guy. Yeah, fella. <laughs> Do you want to talk about this fella that we see at the start of the movie? Yeah, absolutely. So this is this is Parvis, um, <laughs> yep. David Shiner, and his he what he's got is a horrid little mustache and a unibrow. <laughs> <laughs> the horrid little mustache really sort of bears talking about because yep. it's like perfect like right angles. It's like mm-hmm. two sort of L's, and it's been shaved very exactingly. It's it's very very dramatic. It looks like absolute. Ass. He's really um, bald. Really he's so bald. bald. Yes. He's like Silver Age Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's he he's like a sort of like right wing Englishman on Twitter. It's like he's bald a level beyond baldness. Um, and and this bald moustached horrible man is driving uh, a van to Fort Winning, New Jersey, uh, a U.S. military base, whereupon he sort of. Enters by virtue of some solid snake shit. We see him get out of the van and like blowtorch the gate open with a sort of faintly maniacal expression. And the the soul effect of this is so good. It's so alienating and so funny Mm. that it's just like. Great. Yes, I am on board for whatever this movie throws at me for the next two hours. Please and thank you. And the, the the intro, they finally like they've nailed what the, the feeling of a, a man from Uncle intro sequence should be because it's not weird. Well, it's mm-hmm. sorry, that's a complete lie. It's weird, but it's it's not <laughs> it's not shit, uh, which is what I meant. Yes, mm-hmm. like yeah, it's there's good. no fast, the weird motion. fast motion. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 just a guy breaking into a U.S. Army base, which is patrolled by like I think like five guys. Yeah, it's very, very low stakes because, again, one of the other things that's going to come up about this movie is that they had a budget of, oh, five dollars. And so, much like the previous movie where where Southern California was like the Austrian Alps, in this case, Southern California is like everywhere, but it's also Greece, which makes a bit more sense Mm -hmm. climatically. Um, But 
yeah, they have five guys, they have five extras, they have one jeep, which we'll come back to, because Parviz enters the base and is chased by a jeep with two, like, military policemen in. He throws little, um, he throws little smoke bombs of red gas at them, which yes. is like knockout gas, which is so cute. Smoking <laughs> on that loud, he, it's fantastic. But then also, um, like, so he throws a couple, and I'm like, okay, we're, doing, we're back to kind of uncle rules, if you don't kill people, you knock them out. He uses the little knockout bombs on a couple of guys, and then just fucking shoots another one, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yes. Guess he ran out of us. <laughs> He's got a limited number of those, man, it's, it's mm. not his fault. <laughs> He, he was going for the no-kill run for the points, but then he was like, nah, fuck it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me see if I have the right drop for this, because I will be referring to this drop a lot. <laughs> this happens to, like, every character in the movie at least once. Yeah. <laughs> Is they get hit with yes. loud. <laughs> like, it's genuinely a very, very recurring thing. So he incapacitates the guards, kills one of them, um... And then we see the target that he is like aiming for. Yeah, we get we get led into like secret top secret laboratory, which is like again, it's just a shipping container, really. Um, and yes. and the guy goes, "Observe the dog cube." <laughs> he, he he doesn't even talk about. First, he doesn't mention the dog it, like, cube at all. Th- it's there's there's, a, there's to him. a dog in a perspex cube. Mm-hmm. The dog is like growling, and then he introduces the dog cube with a perfect sentence. Biological and chemical warfare has been getting a bloody nose in the world press. Well, I think we're going to change all that. I wrote that. Yeah, I wrote that down verbatim in my notes. It's just like <laughs> it's first line this incredible. guy has is biological chemical warfare gets a pretty bad rap. Um, it's so good. Yes. It's so good. Well, but like uh, at this point, we realize something about the man from Uncle Films, which is that they love a secret gas. They love. love a they gas. love to have a, They love to have a secret weapon gas. <laughs> They love Genuinely. that gas because it's really easy to represent <laughs> on screen. <laughs> yeah. You just get a smoke machine or some fucking dry ice and you're like, hey, go, secret weapon. So the, U- the US Army so has good. developed uh, what they call will gas, which uh, yes. you introduce it to an enemy and your enemy loses their desire to win. It like feminizes them and makes them soy. It's like, it's the gay bomb. It's, it's yeah. aerosolized estrogen. And they gas this dog with the will yeah. gas, and it becomes like docile and calm. And they're like, "We're going to make it makes a dog. It makes a dog like docile and obedient." And unfortunately, this then sort of in a Captain Trip style situation leaked into the general population, and that's why there's puppy girls now. Yeah, that's um, that's true. I need to invent a gas to so make he's... someone lose the will to podcast. <laughs> if, we'll if you have free. any of that, write in, listeners. That's, yeah, let us, let us kind know. of a lot of different gases will do that to you, I think. Um, mm. But so, I guess technically, yeah, yeah, that is. That, <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose you're not wrong. It's a long list. Um, but so he's explaining this to to a selection of guys, like right? Three it's like businessmen. Yeah, like uh, check out check out our dog gas, which is something that the U.S. Army 100 percent does. Invites yeah. three like <laughs> business guys to be like check out our dog cube. <laughs> Just like I love to work for the U.S. Army and invite like three guys in suits around to be like we've invented a new gas. Check this shit out. <laughs> You've got like Norman Osborn, the the Chinese guy from The Dark Knight. <laughs> it's like assorted kind of corporate villains. Just here, yeah, yeah. Norman Osborn's like I love that gas. <laughs> and and so so Parviz shows up at at the gate of the bacteriological the like biological warfare center. The sentry walks up to him and he just shoves him over. <laughs> yeah, this is really good. This guy goes down so easy. This guy's got a condition right where if you just bump him very slightly on the head, he's out. 
Why did they let him be the sentry at the biological warfare center? He gets shoved once and is just instantly incapacitated. There's an Uncle Chop, which I the time from start to first Uncle Chop in this movie, a mere five minutes twenty-three seconds. It wasn't even an uncle guy um, doing it. Like somehow they've got no. they've got their strategies, they've got their tactics. Yep. Uh he he like opens the gate, disables the alarm, and then the back of the van that he's driving opens and it emits some more force feminization. This is a different gas. This is a third kind of gas that we've seen. The first was the red knockout gas, then was the will gas. Now he's got a third kind of gas. We are like five minutes in. I think it's just tear gas. And a third gas. And then we we find out, we find (laughs) out that he has both of these gases prepared in order to steal a third (laughs) gas. He he came with two gases in order to get another gas. This is a very gas-based yes. heist, I gotta be honest. This whole thing is <laughs> one of one of the guys who's being shown the dog cube sort of makes his excuses and steals a bunch of the dog pacification gas. Yeah, like by like siphoning it off into gas canisters in his briefcase, he t- and then he does this, yeah, and then and then by the time he leaves, um, the guy driving the like the van at the start, which is like baby blue, by the way. It's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, just like, he's nowhere to be seen. And this guy comes up and the army guy like bundles this fellow into a car and is just like, please don't tell the papers that we fucked up. <laughs> like, as he's being please, driven away, he's just please like, consider the dog cube classified <laughs> information. Like, yeah. Please don't tell anyone about this. <laughs> the, the businessman who steals the gas and then uh, gets away with with the driver of the van um, is our villain for the film. Um, yeah, yeah. Who is played yeah. by none Rip other than Ray Torn, who was Rip so young Torn. I didn't recognize him. One of the greatest Guy names of all time. I, I love to see. I think. I think so. Pretty certain. Isn't he counseled? Not going to check this. Is he counseled? Almost certainly. I'm, I mean, he was working in the sixties, but like he I does think, well I in think this he's counseled. Not. Not in the 60s way that you might expect. Right. I think he's cancelled because he kept pistol whipping people. <laughs> like, I, th- okay. I think he genuinely like th- used to threaten his co-stars with a knife. Oh, that's not good. I- strange, strange man. Right. So, he's, he's Zach, dead. In this, he's so, is he dead? Okay. Yeah, he's in been cancelled by looks, time. Okay. In this film, he's young <laughs> and he looks exactly like Hugo Weaving. He really does, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. like uncanny. Um, um, but he, he opens gas number four, which mm-hmm. is carbon dioxide in solution, a.k.a. champagne, um, <laughs> because he's like, aha, we've completed our, our, our crime and I somehow will vaguely take over the world with this. Champagne after the mission, like an absolute yeah. Don. I mean, I thought it was non's vibes when Bond does it, but like... When this guy, Mr. Cool. Alexander, yeah. pulls it off, it is pretty At good. At least he waits till after the mission good. has succeeded. Bond would be drunk mm. on the mission, which is That's not true. good. <laughs> and we, we get we get like what this fella's thing is, um, because his name mm-hmm. is Mr. Alexander, and he manages to have in the first like couple of lines of his <laughs> yeah, shove this in is a the reference guy to I'm getting all of great. his letters from. Yeah. yeah. We also yeah. see that he's left a calling card in the gas lab. Which yeah. is uh, a kind of stone tablet that's got the number eight carved into it. Yeah, I don't so really know uncle why. Uncle is on the case. We go. We go to our sort of file photo shot of New York, looking like absolute yeah, shit. Every time they do this, and like establishing shot of New York, and they're like, "Oh my god!" Every time they do an establishing shot time. of any city, it's always a still photo. 
Mm. Which isn't really noticeable <laughs> until much later in the film where they cut to Washington, D.C. And there's, like, none of the cars in the street are fucking moving. Don't worry about it's it. It's just a still <laughs> photograph. Famous D.C. traffic. Uh, and entering the movie in this huge boat of a convertible, once again, Napoleon Solo and Ilya Kuryakin. Cars in this the film boys. are um, sick. The dudes. Yeah, the boys. Are. The boys arrive. Yeah, rolling up in a fucking Edsel. They all, um... So we also see that... The sign outside is a flower shop, but inside it is still the tailor. It's just... yeah, for pressing flowers. You know, like you, you take it's your flowers and you press them in the big press. press. Yeah, that'd be fucking efficient. I'll say that. <laughs> Only sells pressed flowers. Um, but so they they go in as usual, get their security Doritos as usual. They've changed the shape and the color of the security Dorito in between uh, movies here, which I don't care for. Um, and Mr. Alexander, like, briefs them on the theft of oh, that lab. Waverly, Waverly briefs them on Mr. Alexander. Ah, oh, fuck, um, yeah, excuse Waverly me. And Waverly. It's like, like, yo, somebody it's stole the gas, boys. Um, I'm, I'm just gonna call him M, yeah, because he's otherwise, M. he's M. Um, he's like, oh, boys, somebody's stolen some gas. Um, it's probably mm. Mr. Alexander, because he's the villain of the film. Um, and he's yes. left this tablet, so, so Elia Kuryakin, figure out what the deal is with this tablet, solo, find Mr. Alexander and get this fucking gas back. This man is my favorite detail about this scene. Yeah. yeah. My, my favorite detail about this scene is that he hands the the tablet to Kuryakin by spinning the entire conference yeah, table it's but the problem is, it clearly doesn't have a like a break on it or anything, and so the whole rest of the scene, you notice that the table is like slightly rotating also, wouldn't, under wouldn't, everybody's movement. Wouldn't that movements. be like a really fucking stupid idea in a meeting room? Because now everyone's got everyone else's coffee. Like, it's, it's a fucking stupid idea, but it rules. You're trying to write your notes, and like any pressure is just gently rotating the fucking table. You're like, oh. For fu- <laughs> Sort of like an added sort of like test to writing stuff in this meeting. Um, yeah, so so Kuryakin has to go to Greece because they think that there's a professor in Athens who will know something about the mysterious tablet. Um, and Solo has to investigate uh, Alexander. But first, he has to do some sexual harassment. So he enters the, I guess, code room? The, the room where, like, they control all of the radio transmissions. He goes to see Moneypenny. And, yeah, he goes to see Moneypenny, and he gets this sort of, like, expression and body language, like he's unwrapping a delicious little treat here. Um, because there's a new... Uh, there's a new woman for him to sexually harass. A woman whose name he does not know. Um, <laughs> this is this is my... Fa- this is so good. Like, the entire way through this, this is I so like solid. Her. Yeah, she's still a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she sexually harasses him back. Uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of wish that what happens to her at the end didn't happen, because mm. I think it would be better if it didn't, but she she is kind of like taking the piss out of him slightly. She's like, because um, he, he's forgotten her name. She's like, you haven't forgotten our date, mm. have you? And he's like, no. No, I haven't. She's like, good, okay, well, I hope we'll be back in time and we'll go on this date. Um, and then we see, we see Solo come out and, and chat to Ily, and he's like, who the fuck is she? Like, do you know her name? And Ily's like, ooh. <laughs> I think Elia's like, uh, you know, I'm not helping you out of this for the sort of nth time here, which I, I quite like as a bit of character building. Um, so Solo goes to to track down Alexander. Um, he he's like been given his hotel room, uh, like the the address of his hotel. Um, 
So he he goes there just in time to almost literally bump into Parvis, sort of like moving a shitload of luggage um, for him, and then including a briefcase, a second... which we think maybe yes. might contain the gas. That's right. Mm-hmm. And then a second woman strikes the movie. This woman fucking rules it... too. This is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> strong so showing good. for women in this one. Yeah, Dorothy Praveen playing Tracy Alexander here. Just just start to finish, fantastic. Um, mm. And she is in like sort of like a femme fatale. Yeah, sort, yeah, of. sort of like a femme fatale. This is this is Mrs. Alexander, Alexander's wife. Indeed, Alexander's mm-hmm. wife. And she's like in the the window of the shop, pretending to be a mannequin, just sort of for fun. As you do, uh, yeah, as a bit. <laughs> yeah, Which is it's sort of classic time. like screwball comedy. But, this is yeah. friendship. Um, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, of she course. rushes out, grabs um, the the briefcase, and fucking books it down the down the street. Yeah, she she also uses uh, push a guy over jutsu. Right, it's a strong uh, move. Like turned around on. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's just like one hand full force push <sighs> in the middle of the chest and then run, and that gets you through anything. Um, and anything that that can't handle, you clear up with the uncle chop. Um, That's right. Those are the light and heavy attacks in the uncle verse, respectively. Um, the uncle verse. <laughs> but, <laughs> But so, so, but so Solo chases her. Well, not so um, different from our own. Except that's right. psych- um, psychic powers are real, and the vault also aliens. is. And the aliens, yes. Aliens, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, the three different gases that make you want to stop Yeah, I will, I will say, this movie doesn't reveal the existence of um, anything as major as the previous two reveal, but... It's no, nice they never really pick grounded. up on the aliens thing. Yeah, they don't talk yeah. about the aliens. They don't get a scene where Napoleon Solo is like, "I think psych- psychic powers are real." Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's one of my favorite scenes from the first one. So Solo chases her into an apartment, uh, into an into an office building. Um, he pulls his gun and enters a room. Uh, he like kicks the door in, and everybody there is like, "There's like three or four people there, all staring at him." And in the first scene that actually made me like Solo, yeah. and this is another problem with this, this movie really that good. I'm going to get to, he like sort of gingerly walks across and says in an almost tetchy way, "I have an appointment," and then kicks the second <laughs> yeah, door open. This is the first yeah. film where I've been like, "Okay, this guy's actually quite charming and funny." Like. Yeah, the he's first, selling me. The first movie, he was just a normal dude. Like, Robert Vaughn was checked out, but now I'm like, oh, okay, I see why people like this. Yeah, yeah. this is good. And the, the thing about this, though, is the dialogue's too good. It's getting too good in this movie compared to the previous two. And now I'm just earnestly enjoying it, which yeah. is sort of a problem for, for me doing the podcast. You know, there's not a lot to make fun of here because it's just genuinely quite well written. No, there's, there's um, actually an immense amount. I wouldn't worry. Yeah, to make um, fun of, yeah. So Sola bursts <laughs> into this office and Mrs. Alexander is there with this guy who we later learn is her lawyer. And they're about to open the briefcase mm-hmm. and Sola's like, no, don't open it. It's full of gas. Um, and then they open <laughs> it and it's just got documents in it because yeah. she's trying to divorce him. She's trying to like it's serve him papers. Good, this is a really good setup. It's cute. It's cute. And also they end up having like, like they do this in front of Solo, and he just like you could tell he's so awkward. That yeah. He's just standing like, there uh, with a gun. Um, yeah, because they've assumed he, he, that he she... works for Alexander, just trying to get the the briefcase back. Mm-hmm. Because Alexander has taken her inheritance, her million dollars. Which, uh-huh. in another great line, uh, she gets asked later, "Is does the million dollars really mean that much to you?" And she says, "Well, when it's the only million dollars you have." <laughs> Which yeah, I like really good. Um, <laughs> um, 
but so he he has to you know reveal that he works for a secret immediately immediately wins the Brian Cox Memorial Award in intelligence and uh, and Tracy doesn't know who Uncle R um, and she's like oh it's my favorite charity I'm all tapped out why does he spell it like this U N C L E I mean it gave me a really clear drop of L which will come in handy L Mr Bond also- he's just desperately trying to like obfuscate that it's called uncle <laughs> yeah because then the lawyer uncle. the lawyer immediately says oh the secret organization <laughs> <laughs> yeah the secret organization <laughs> apart from two lawyers who all know about it yeah mm-hmm. so god what so solo's like okay where's where's alexander going well he's leaving the country now do you know where he's going you're his wife where's he going and she's yes. like i don't really know he's probably going to greece um oh, but also, can i come with you if you're gonna the- track him down and solo's like no the other thing about this is the way that Robert Vaughn is holding the because he's still holding the gun, but he's gotten bored now. He's not in like fight mode. He's in conversation mode, and so he starts holding the gun loosely, which I would describe as being sort of by three fingers, one of which is in the trigger guard, pointed at his own face. Yeah, it's incredibly fucked. Like he 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 sort of like muzzle sweeps everyone in the room, including himself. <laughs> like at different times in that he conversation, also, like he's like he, he's never held a gun and he's not quite sure what it does. <laughs> it's sort of like he's holding like a champagne flute that you don't really like. You you have a plate in the other hand and you're not quite sure what to do with it. It's really precarious, and I really enjoy that. Um, but so no, he 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 goes. No, it's too dangerous. You can't uh, you can't come to Greece with us. Meanwhile, well, he he leaves the building, and we see that Tracy mm. follows him and like in a taxi. Also, outside, mm. there is a protest going on in the street. Yeah, there is. There's I a love picket. That. There's just like an unremarked upon part of the sceneries of 60s New York is just like five guys wandering around in a circle with big signs that say unfair. And I'm like, yeah, it's quite nothing nice. else. No other details. Yeah. Because, and know, all the signs just say unfair. Just and unfair like, in full caps. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah. I think you, if you should organize your next picket like this. No details, no union affiliation, just you and four friends with placards saying unfair, and you just walk Listeners, up and down. next year at Trans Pride, just come with us. <laughs> we'll know it's you. If you, if you want to signal yes. to us, yeah. just yeah. come Big with a sign that just says unfair. Unfair. <laughs> unfair. <laughs> yeah. the, the thing is like, just inadvertently forming a block here. This is something I realized the other day is that I was, on the, I was on a train back from a thing, and I was like with a bunch of trans people, and then one trans girl just said to the other, now listen here, 007, and started doing like a cute thing. I just want to say, listeners, I fucking love that we have made James Bond a trans in-joke. That's so yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, us and Daniel Craig in the sort of most recent Stone yeah, Butch yeah, Blues yeah. sort of photos. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but like, when was the it's last so time good. you saw a picket in a, like a, a movie that wasn't about labor? Exactly. Like, fucking never. For it just being an unremarked upon part of the background is, again, is that the weirdly progressive aspects of the uncle shit is hitting again. Uh, so then we go to Athens and we get this great scene between Kuriakin and this professor, which I really love, the archaeologist. Yeah, Kuriakin and, and, and Professor Warren Zeven, I don't remember his name, um, who is sort of setting up being sinister. And there's, there's a couple of ways we know that he's sinister. One of them is that he says, The universities forced me out because of my uh, social theories. Which I feel like that's that that as a drop is going to have some some long life ahead of it. Yeah, so I um, I took this scene as like him having identified that Kuryakin is Russian, which at the time would have meant Soviet, of course. 
Um, I took this as the professor saying, I'm a Marxist and that's why I got kicked out. Hey, you're Russian. Do you want to like mm. talk about Marxism? Like, um, And then he has this great line because Ely doesn't really learn anything. He gives him the tablet and he's like, cool, mm. I'll look into it. And as he's leaving, this professor tries to engage him in conversation about Marxism again by saying, what do you think mm. of the human condition? And Ely replies, I'm in favor of it. At least. <laughs> again, great, great dialogue. <laughs> it's really good. Like, It's good comedy writing in there. Um, yeah. Um, so. Solo, meanwhile, is on the plane and he calls. He's on the plane. He calls New York um, to be like, hey, mm. uh, I'm on the plane. I'm going to Greece. Tracy's on the plane too. She's following me. And he still doesn't know the name of the girl that he's speaking to. Um, and so, she's yes. like, you haven't and forgotten that- about our other date, have you? That we were going to like drive to the mountains. She, and he's like, she, uh, is, no. she is toying with him so badly. Also, she is fully like topless at this point because she's just been mm. under a heat lamp. Uh, sort of like uh, getting a tan. Yeah, they, they this keep point. doing this at the uncle office. It's just like yeah, tanning on the yeah. inside of, of like while they're at work while manning the switchboard. 1960s woman dysphoria once again strikes me. Um, She's hot as fuck. Her eyeliner is like. Fun. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Solo gets off the plane, and I'm expecting immediately the guy gets followed through the airport scene that OSS Sandy said. Yeah. But the movie goes in a slightly different direction with it. Solo leaves. We see Tracy trying to catch up to him. And then she has to like hide in case in case, you know, he's seen her. And immediately a goon pulls a gun in the airport, a thing that you could do back then. Um and just immediately tries to accost yeah, her. No, he's, he's even illegal. You can just do that. In the airport. Mm-hmm. And he yep. takes a cigarette out of his mouth, throws it on the ground, and then pulls the gun out. And I'm like you could do anything in an airport in the 1960s. You could do whatever the fuck you want. Also, it just yeah. barely looks like an airport. It looks like someone's front room. Like it's just such a. Strange... I love how the sort of low budget the set is, mm. and my favorite detail of this is coming up because Solo goes to baggage claim where he meets Ilya, and the funniest fucking thing is the way that they've built the like the luggage carousel. Yeah, because... I didn't know whether this yeah. was a budget thing it's or whether so that's just funny. what they looked like back then. That's that's a budget thing. That, so. The the bags come down onto the conveyor belt by virtue of like a slide, except the slide is way too steep. They come down so it also, fast. It doesn't have like a conveyor belt on it. It's just like a plain wooden ramp that's clearly been built like by a set carpenter. And so clearly off screen, there's a couple of guys hurling suitcases down this thing every few seconds, and it's like. They don't even really try to conceal it, like in the mixing or anything. So Solo meets Kuryakin, and their dialogue is just occasionally interrupted by one of these suitcases coming in at a stratospheric <laughs> velocity and just making like a shwoom noise. Getting it's fired out of the plate. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Once again, I'm saying in this country, the baggage handlers are on strike. In, in Greece, the baggage handlers strike. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Once again. So while they're dodging suitcases, Tracy escapes from her pursuers, who now include Parvis, into the most studio backlot looking studio backlot. Yeah, this um, is very funny. Where she like hides on a forklift full of luggage and gets unceremoniously deposited she gets down fork, the fork big laughed, fork forklift. Forklifted. Uh-huh. Yeah, forklift. She gets fork laughed. Mm-hmm. Fork laughed. Um and and then thrown down the sort of near vertical slide. 
Yeah, and then a really like fun uh, comedic aspect. She doesn't like try to get off the luggage carousel at all. Like Parvis yeah, so is just so there familiar. and it's like that one's probably mine and just like mm-hmm. pulls her off of it. <laughs> yeah, she says this piece of baggage belongs to me, which is yeah. like oh oh <laughs> So it's like one misogyny point by itself. Mm-hmm. Um da, 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 da. And then uh, they take her to meet Mr. Alexander, um, who's just like, I'm mm-hmm. weird, but I I forgive you. And she's like, can I get a divorce and get my money back? And he's like, yes, you can. Um, but what I <laughs> want you to do one is... one condition, though. I'm hosting a party tonight. There's this like prince and princess who are going to come. The princess is fucking mad for my dick. And I need you to be the hostess and like be to play the role of my wife. Otherwise, the prince is going to be like super jealous. Yeah, yeah, keep her jealous husband off of me. She's like, um, I would like my million pounds um, back and to be divorced from you. And he, in the entire time, he's talking like a fucking insane person. <laughs> he's just like, yes. oh, it's like, you will do this for me, though. I have a, I have a one <laughs> condition, more of a favor. The whole and she time, goes, like, he's let's like, call he's... it a condition. <laughs> the whole time he has like both hands out over a burning brazier. Yeah, he's like roasting uh, marshmallows like... on a brazier. Yeah, he he's um, wearing yeah, a the black joke. bathrobe, putting like, and like roasting yeah. marshmallows over a brazier, and it's like dudes rock. What and at one point fuck? he like tries to hand one of the marshmallows over to Tracy, and she like clearly tries to just take it, but it's been roasted too recently so she just pulls like the outer layer off and then it cuts so she's got the whole thing the marshmallow <laughs> gag is genuinely one of my favorite really ones in the movie what, it, it's what just, is this meant to like, be it's just it's just absurd it's just right? a weird he's got thing this to do big, some, like yeah so like temple of doom style brazier and like for most of the scene he's just warming his hands on it and then as she starts to try and negotiate with him he just starts toasting marshmallows on it totally unremarked like that's that's it's a really Zuckerberg funny Zuckerberg i love to have it's one fantastic. marshmallow in the middle of the day <laughs> and he's just like yeah okay i'll i'll divorce you and give you a million pounds um as long as you distract the prince of unnamed nation uh, so that i can yeah. fuck his wife she goes, yes. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I suppose I'll mm-hmm. do that for you then. <laughs> so we go to the party. Solo mm. and Kuriakin are also, go- are also attending. So- Solo is there, so- gives Kuriakin the advice to just like try not to interact with Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> he like, yes. full, like, avoid her. Like, mm-hmm. one sentence per word. Uh, doesn't yeah. work. And of course he he does not. Tracy immediately cottons onto him <laughs> and uh y- y- you know, begins sort of schmoozing. Solo makes his way upstairs. We get a another gag of him like entering women's spaces where he like walks in, in the wrong bedroom and we just hear a scream and he like backs out in a hurry. Yeah, really good. Um, <laughs> he he sees he sees Mr. Alexander's fuck room, which is, this is something so funny. This is I think this is what's what like selling about? me this on is normal it. Ibis. He goes into this room and there's a massive great like you know four poster bed. It's got a big yeah, embroidered normal. seven on the the headboard. Unremarked one. Don't even worry about it that. It's normal. Um, yep. And it's just like a list of things. And like Solo's just looking at this like four button readout, and he goes music, and he presses one button, and it just starts like like the sort of like seventies fuck music from uh, the Queen's yeah. Ransom. Um, <laughs> it's just like lights suppresses the second one and like the lights dim yeah it's got like colored lights yeah the yeah. third one is like uh, rain because I, I imagine it's you know because the sound of rain on the window makes you feel cozier in bed um, he presses that and it mm. just kind of sounds like someone's turned a hose on nearby mm. 
And then the fourth yeah, one, someone has. <laughs> the fourth one is like aphrodisiac mist, and he looks at it for a second. And he's just like, I think I'll take his word on that one. And and another like, gas is good. It's more gas. gas. Yeah, it's a, this guy loves gas. Another gas. This man has had four <laughs> gases at least involved <laughs> in this plot. And so, as, no as one has loved gases room, this much since Robert fucking Boyle. <laughs> <laughs> can't imagine being a Harvey's- fan of a like a state of matter, but this man is like an earnest fan of. Yeah, gases. the villain in the next film is really into solids. <laughs> <laughs> Most villains are. He, yeah, he runs straight into Parviz, <laughs> who, and then he immediately pretends to this be drunk. This is great. I love this. No, more than that, pretends to be drunk and gay. Yeah, I also- he prete- and so he gets him to like walk him downstairs, and then he says, "What is either." The gayest, most flirtatious thing you could put in a movie in the 60s. Or also, a thing Donald Trump would say without thinking. Mm-hmm. Namely... Call me! I like you. You're good yeah, I like you. It's really good. Just, Robert Vaughn's just... drunk acting is, like, really funny. He's, he's really good. He's a good-looking guy. <laughs> like, call um, me. It's just so good. <laughs> it's cute. And then a, se- a second after letting him go, Pavis is like, wait a second, I know this cunt from New York. Yeah, oh, also he's stolen my gun. Like, mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so in order to get away from this, Solo is forced into a contrived game of human chess. Yeah, because yeah, Mr. All, Alexander he's... wants to flex his huge brain muscle. So he's like, uh-huh. he makes his guests dress up as chess pieces, and he's like, who will challenge me in this game of like life-size human chess? Um, and of course, he's at the princess that he wants to fuck. He's like, you know, would you be the queen? And she's like, yes, I will. In um, regards to that last... T- like, meet real texting. Uh, like, you yeah. know. <laughs> in regards to that last, Don and Nicole as the princess, hello. 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 Mm-hmm. How are hello. you doing? Not American, I don't us, think. Unanimous. Hello. Don't, I'm not um, sure if she's American. I'm making an exception. Hello. Yeah, it's it's, so she, it's like um, Prince Got Talent, where we all have like uh, the big button that yeah, puts yeah, an yeah. X up, but instead it's a big tick, and we're just like, yep. Just says horny. All three of us just like, hello, hello. <laughs> That's right. Um, also, they, so, they sell yeah. remarkably well that the whole like human sized chess affair is insanely boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, the party is ground to a fucking halt, so this guy could be like, "Ooh, aren't I intellectual?" But solo, solo and accepts the challenge. He does, he does, and he he puts him in check, and then Alexander says, "Possibly the funniest thing you can say about a game of chess." He accuses Solo of bluffing. <laughs> I'm always yeah. bluffing in chess, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck is this line like? You're in check. No, I'm not. <laughs> you, you can't call me on this. You can't. You can't. You're either in check or you are. Someone says check and you, you go raise. <laughs> just because the, just because you say the word check in poker doesn't mean these are the same game. I just I, I guess really maybe funny. because I'm coming off of having seen Glass Onion, right? I think. This is a purposeful and very funny way of explaining that Alexandra is a fucking idiot. Yeah. So good. I really I really like it. And of course he loses the chess game because he uh, he you know uh, captures the queen that um Solo was going to sacrifice 
he calls his bluff and immediately gets checkmated and is sort of like sitting there fuming. We get a sort of played completely straight, ah, congratulations, Mr. Bond, kill him. Yeah, yeah, because Solo, Solo wins a dance with the princess, which is, of course, what Mr. Alexander wanted, and she's she is mm-hmm. down outrageous for the winner of chess. Um, yes, but yes, then yes. Pavis comes over to Mr. Alexander, and Pavis's opening line is, how do you want him killed? Which is... I, I want my friends to say this to me when someone wrongs me. That's, that's you, good, sort of. You like, do, in fact, do this. this yeah, it's this great. is career advice, right? Try and you try and anticipate your boss's expectations, and you tailor your response accordingly. You position yourself as like an, as a problem solver. You take the initiative. This is good advice. If you want a promotion at work, don't go to your boss and be like, "Duh, what do you want me to do, boss?" Go. How do you want me to kill this guy? Fuck it. Uh, that's management secrets of the ancient Mediterranean <laughs> culture. It's management secrets of Devon, man. I, I, I think I approached Abby at the protest a couple of days ago about a specific guy and was like, "How do you want him killed?" Um, but yeah, uh, the prince. The prince comes over to Solo um, yeah, and slaps yeah, him in the does. face, and he's no, like, "Don't cunt is. Don't make. Don't make eyes at my wife." And Solo like pulls a gun on him. <laughs> Dude, this yeah. fucking man and is. Like, it's fucking James Hong, dude. This man is fucking legendary. Really? Yeah, young oh, ass James realize. Hong. I didn't realize. It's, it's so funny that like Solo truck. like pulls a gun on him and is like, "You're lucky I'm too busy to fuck your wife right now." He fully does say this to him. Yeah, <laughs> she is into this, by the way. This man has just pulled oh, a gun out of his pocket and oh, pointed yeah, it at be? her husband, and yeah. he's like, I, "If I didn't have so much stuff to do, I'd fuck your wife." And she's like, "Damn, nice." <laughs> Yeah, she's clearly like, oh shit. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Mr. Alexander has left, um, and Elia uh, mm. and Solo go backstage to try and find him, and all they find is Tracy, who's like lamenting that he's burned the divorce papers and fucked off. And they're like, yeah. where's he gone? Where's he gone? And she's like, I won't, I won't tell you unless you take me with you. Um, I got a really good line. Yeah, she has I got the line uh, yeah. recorded here, which is this. Well, stop thinking of your own selfish interests and start thinking of my selfish interests. Now, I want my million dollars back from Alexander. I just. It's great. First of all, and state your super objective. She, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and she really, like, holds out on them. And this leads to her second great line of that scene. It's mostly just, like, a collection of good, of good Tracy lines this episode. Because her line is. I'm not about blackmail, it's part of my charm. Girls she's rock, really good. Model. She's, she's so, so good in this movie. I love her as a character. Uh-huh. Girl boss shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so she she does successfully blackmail Kuriakin and Solo into into like her coming with them uh, to next location, which is a Southern California rock quarry. Yeah. Um, my my first note is just like Mr. Alexander's a fuck freak. Like <laughs> because yes, Barbis yeah. is is coming in in. The helicopter, and he's like, "Sorry, I'm a little bit late, Mr. Alexander. I had to refuel the helicopter." And Alexander is apoplectic about this shit. He's like, "There was a war one time that was lost because guys were late." And Barvis just responds, "That's true, Mr. Alexander," <laughs> which is again great management for your weird boss. Yeah, manage uh, manage expectations. You know, this Parvis would have. You know, Elon Musk needs a guy like this, right? He does. He needs someone oh around him who's like. That's that's so true, you know. You're right, sir. That's absolutely <laughs> correct. Anyway, 
So, so they infiltrate the rock quarry by virtue of Kuriakin Metal Gear Solid stealthing behind a guard, this and then really, knocking him out. This in is really funny because because mm. the worst sold punch Horrific by either punch. party. Well, collectively. we we kind of see how Solo and Kuriakin work together, which is that Solo provides the distraction and Elia does the work. So Solo drives up yes. to the front gate with Tracy in the back and is like, "Hey, I tell you, my wife wants to see a rock quarry. My bitch wife. Yeah, you gotta let me <laughs> my... in, and she's not gonna give me any peace." Meanwhile. Ilya actually sneaks behind the guard and knocks him out. And then, then Solo just goes, you're very sneaky, you know that? <laughs> <laughs> in, in the 60s, you could get in anywhere by being like, please, I hate my wife. <laughs> the thing is, what I really appreciate is like Tracy also gets in on the bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Solo's just like, oh, I'm not going to hear the end of it. I've done it. Let my wife see this quarry. And like, she's leaning out of the window. She goes, I'm just like this. <laughs> I, think, I think this is making me realize that like the reason James Bond as a film series doesn't really work is because he always works alone. So he has to be both mm. Solo and Kuriakin. He has to both be the guy who goes to people and says, I'm a, I'm a spy. Have you done any crimes? Like he has to do yeah. the Solo distraction stuff, yeah. but he needs a Kuriakin to actually like sneak it's, backstage it's, and do the shit. Yeah, it's you're why right, you're he right. comes off as such a dickhead is yeah. because he has to talk to himself. He has to deliver the you're quite sneaky, you know, that line, to himself, about himself. And so the result is the dinner, dinner, spinning 007 yeah, logo. And they, they, you, we never get like a moment where like so, like Solo and Kuriakin, they like tease each other or they're like, oh, he's like, you know, you're pretty sneaky, you know, like we see that this is their job and they work together as a team and Bond never has that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So close as he gets is lighter and even that is just, it's not the same. Weirdly, I think the closest he got was with um, Tomorrow Never Dies. Actually. Oh yeah! Uh, Shit, you're not wrong. Yeah, the sort of brief double act. But anyway, so they enter the rock quarry. The budget of this movie runs to ten seconds of helicopter footage and one jeep. Mm-hmm. So same we jeep. get the same ten seconds of helicopter footage, and then the same jeep, mm-hmm. but like slightly repainted, shows up with some guards. Chases in it them. Try and chase. Elia hangs out yeah. of the window with a Tommy gun. It's fucking sick. Uh-huh. It, it's it you is. know the gun technique in this entire scene is fucking. Incredible! It's, it's marvelous it because is. eventually, after a while, they they like get bored of driving away, and Kuriakin essentially goes to Solo. Hey, you want to do some cool shit right now? And Solo parks the car. Kuriakin's line get... literally—he just like looks over at Solo and is like, "Should we make a stand? I need a homie like this." I love Yeah. <laughs> and Loki, so they, best character. They get they get out of the car. They walk around the car out of cover, and then having assembled little submachine guns out of their regular guns, stand together next to each other and do some perfect 1960s shooting. Yeah, poses. they don't go prone. They don't like cover no, behind the no. car. They just stand upright next to each other. Yeah, let me explain what they've got here. They've got a long barrel and a stock and a big scope on their normal pistol, and they're they're holding it at waist height. <laughs> Are they looking height, through the scopes? And then no. like shooting it by pushing it forwards a bit and then pulling it back to wait. No, at no point looking down the scope, looking, using the iron sights, anything <laughs> like that. Just the sort of like the classic like bang, 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 bang technique. It's, <laughs> it's great. It's, it's, so, it's so much fun. Flawless is what it is. Mm-hmm. I love cinema. So, I love movies, man. Yeah. But the quarry's kind of a dead end. Yeah, because Mr. Alexander's gotten away by the time they even get anywhere. Yeah. Um, we get another establishing shot of New York City, which is, this is the one they use twice, and it's the grossest fucking photo I've ever mm. seen in my life. Because yeah. Solo, yeah. Solo yeah. calls New York, 
And then the girl on the other end of the phone is yanking his chain again about like, well, I know you're not going to be in time for our drive to the mountains, but like, you know, do you want to go to the, you haven't forgotten about, you promised to take me out to dinner or whatever. And he's like, no, I haven't forgotten. Haven't Weekend forgotten. at the beach, I think maybe. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> she is gaslighting him. She's gaslighting him. She is genuinely gaslighting him. And then also, <laughs> she like, he he calls her, he's like, open channel D. And then she's like, oh, Mr. Solo, I appreciate you're not going to get to our date, but you're still going to go for our weekend at the beach, right? And he goes, uh, yes, definitely. And then she's like, right. Anyway, here's your boss who's just been on the line the entire time. <laughs> and I was like, wait, he was just waiting? Well, yeah. You arranged just a date in, and- in the conference call, and I'm just like, I'm I'm making the like one minute sign at my boss's boss. <laughs> just like while well, I go, okay, so when are you going to fuck me? <laughs> There so is actually good. an in-universe explanation for this there later, is, which is quite I, fun. I yes, didn't get it. So yes, the entire, there is, and it's worse. You don't get it until the end, but the entire time I'm just like, this, this, woman, is, this woman is ruining this man's life. <laughs> so so they so go funny. back to Professor Warren Zevon, mm-hmm. and Professor Warren Zevon is like, uh, yeah, it's, I love this, uh, fucking guy. this is the sigil of the tomb of Spiros, a sort of neglected Greek god. It's at next location. Uh, of course, you couldn't Pretty possibly take me sure with you. sure that's not a real I'm, god. I kind of look no. this up, not sure. I kind of think this is made up. That's very strange. He's an award-winning archaeologist, so I don't see why he would make that up. <laughs> he goes, but you couldn't take me with you because I'm too old and I'm physically disabled. I walk with a physically cane. Physically disabled. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, that's right. Uh, and of course, Kuryakin is like. Kuryakin is like. Yes, he is. <laughs> Kuryakin is like. No, of course you can definitely come with us because we're you know we're the good yeah. guys. We're not in the business of ableism here. Um, the movie is, but we're not. Even field um, expedient ableism, which to be honest is justified. It's quite nice actually that he says, "Oh no, I don't, I don't need to slow you down." And and uh, Kuryakin is the one who stops and says. On the contrary, Professor, your presence would be a great help to us. He's like genuinely Kuryakin quite nice. Is, to- is so nice and so lovely. Just, I love that fucking guy so much. <laughs> also, we, mm-hmm. we we find out how he got the like injury in the first place because he says in an earlier scene, it's like, yeah, yeah, I was you know a pretty promising like student athlete, and then I uh, I blew my knee out playing fucking lacrosse or some shit. And Kuryakin is like, oh, I'm sorry. And it's like it's a nice sort of like humanizing moment for them both. It's good. Um, so they go to the next location, which is this uh, tomb on an island. There's no off, budget off anymore. I'm afraid yeah. <laughs> no. it's a room. Uh, so they what? go to this tomb room, and um, what, the- I, what I really appreciate about this, and I, I, I'm sorry to go back very slightly, but the establishing shot for the professor's scene is a shot of like the eaves of the the British Museum. They've got the sort of like uh, the statues in there, and they play like some Mediterranean music over it. And I don't know, maybe they just didn't realise that that was a saying in London or something, because it's just, it's very strange. <laughs> the it's, amount- it's like they like cut to an establishing shot of London and played like the We Are In The Far East music. Yeah. Like, also, the, 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 every time some Greek shit happens in this movie, they play pretty much the same sort of like guitar question mark riff. And I, I wrote down at one point that the sort of the music is beginning to feel a little insulting at this yeah, point. Yeah, and on that same note, um, the professor says, "Oh, there's booby traps in this tomb that were built to ensnare infidels." And I'm like, I, I, I feel <laughs> yeah. like you've mashed together some cultures here that maybe it's actually an Ottoman tomb. <laughs> yeah, okay, I suppose it could be. Yeah, 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 true. Like, I guess it could have been just um, like literally a, a scientific term in the '60s, I suppose. Before. Yeah, yeah, might have been. Yeah, it does just yeah. mean that someone who's not part of the majority religion, but I, it, mm. to yeah. our modern ear, it does sound very. 
also, especially to this Specific. since this tomb is to a god who I'm pretty sure wasn't a real god. Yeah, this, like, yes. I think you kind of made this up. This whole you? thing is pretty made I, up, I, let's be honest. I do appreciate here, though. It's it's not on the yeah. level of the vault, but what is? Vault. But this is a hard turn for the movie, right? To be like, this is a spy movie, to now be in sort of its Tomb Raider yeah. act. Um, and they do yes. some tomb raiding. We do get some tomb like, raiding. They, they, they raid some tombs. They they keep stepping on things that like make the walls move. Um, and they they get ensnared in a complex web of traps. Um, which Just me in the group DM ultimate, mm. <laughs> which ultimately ends in Solo getting like separated from his friends and and like dumped out into a tomb hallway where Indeed. Mr. Alexander does the fucking haunted funhouse Scaramanga thing. He does. He does. Yeah. He, does he does Joker shit. He's like, there's he goes, three of him, and two of them are a mirror. He's like, you may have won our previous game, brackets chess, but you're going to fail at this game, brackets being lost in an ancient tomb. How about that, cunt? Yeah. <laughs> it's time for our They're second, like, okay. more metaphorical game of chess. The chess of the tomb. In many ways, uh, Mr. Solo, we've been engaged in a game of chess from the very start. And then in a very literal way, we were engaged in a game of chess that one time. Which you were bluffing in, but I I have an ace up my sleeve for chess. <laughs> yeah. He, he, yeah, he scores a home up run I'll, I'll checkmate you in one yeah. move, Mr. Sam. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the one he move. Know how chess works. No, he has no idea. Instead of chess, he bought the Queen's Gambit Netflix board game of chess. <laughs> and he's just been playing that. <laughs> Queen's Gambit board game is just such is a that, fucking funny concept. Is that a real so thing? Insulting. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a real, real thing. Netflix sold a Queen's Gambit, Queen's Gambit the board game, which that's just chess. As far as I'm aware, it's not even chess. <laughs> so, it says on the box, um, like it's, it's not chess. Um, but anyway, uh, this leads to Solo eventually finds them, and they're all tied up. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, the most desultory, like insulting bondage, frees yeah, them just in time for Professor Warren Zeven to like stick his like uh, cane in his ribs and be like, "Ah, I was evil after all because I was physically disabled." Um, it is. It's quite fun because Mr. Alexander says, oh, "If you if you uh, turn around, you'll find that Mr. Kavon has a gun pointed at your back, Mr. Solo." And Solo goes, "I'm sure he does, but I took the liberty in the corridor of removing the firing pin." <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is so cool. Um, and then, then we learn what Mr. Alexander's deal is. Because um, Solo's like, oh, these numbers, like the eight, the seven above the bed, there was a five on the wall of the tunnel earlier on. Um, you're breaking all the Ten Commandments, aren't you? Um, like, you know, you're coveting your neighbor's wife, the princess, you know, and uh, you, you stole the gas. That's, that's you know, don't steal. Um, and Mr. Alexander's like, yes, exactly right. I will break all the Ten Commandments and then I will... Question mark? Rule the world. Yeah, because I'll be like Alexander the Great, but better. Yeah. Because not bisexual, I guess. Riptorn looks kind of bored at this point. Yeah, I mean, he's still selling it. He's still doing a good job, but it's very he's much selling like... selling it, but it's on discount. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He um... actually even says, at one point he says, um, I will break all the Ten Commandments, and then I will rule the world. It's going to be a fascinating experience. i got to be honest <laughs> with you, I'm looking, I'm looking at the Ten Commandments here. I reckon I could whip through, like, Half of these in a, in a solid afternoon. I mean, one of them is oh, like, yeah. "Don't take the name of the Lord in vain." Very easy. Honor your mother and father. Very easy. Uh, mm. Shall bear false witness against your neighbor. Could be a little harder. Could probably figure it out. 
How, how did he dishonor his parents? Is how I want. Yeah, I want to know. Um, also, <laughs> thou shalt have no other gods before gender. me. I don't know about that. When when Solo realizes that 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 Kavon is evil and like uh, pulls the firing pin from his gun, there's something else that he does, which is he he realizes that he's physically disabled because he's a criminal. He says later on, yeah, he had that limp because he was used to walking in chains like a prisoner would do. Imprisoned for crimes. And it's like... <laughs> Ipso facto. Incre evil. Incredible detective work. Yeah, he Thanks, has the crime Solo. limp. Um, <laughs> the crime uh -huh. limp. <laughs> Spotting a guy with a limp and being like, evil. <laughs> I don't yes. know about that, man. Yeah. Physically not ideal. <laughs> um... <laughs> And so, but it doesn't matter because, did like Alexander has some more guys with guns just on deck, ready to ready to set up some contrived tortures. Pervis shows up, ties Solo to a table, and then issues the nicest sounding threat I've heard in a while, which you heard at the beginning. I'm going to show you the heritage of the ancient cultures of the Mediterranean. Yeah, that sounds delightful. Slightly too much nice. food. Big bowl. Uh, Big bowl of souvlaki. You're gonna live um, for a long time, and no one's really sure why. Cannot yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to. Women I'm not gonna do any skincare. Um, yeah, oh. but uh, not paying any income taxes. A lot of grapes. Um, a lot of olives. A lot of, a lot of grapes. It sounds um, just good to me. I don't know. But actually, what they've set up is a um, they've set up a fucking the pendulum situation. Uh, where they have yes. a, the pendulum, the, the pe pointing at the screen like, "Yo, that's the pendulum from the pit and the pendulum." And it's the pit and from the, the pendulum. Side of my screen I was going to do Yo, that that's in a the second. Pit from the pit and the pendulum. It's <laughs> all right. Also, they have the pit Edgar Allan Poe is suing the man from Uncle. <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe like pointing at the screen like, "Fuck's sake!" It's my whole. It took my whole shit. Um, and Pervis sort of sets up this like big swinging yeah. uh, razor blade that's going to like bisect Solo, and he gets a fun little like Gillette ad joke in there, where he's like, "Yeah, this one lasts me twenty five to thirty percent longer than the next leading brand," yeah, really and it just really there's really not good. a laugh track or anything. There isn't even a shot of Solo's face reacting to it. It just it like it's just lives a there. Pause. It's just a funny line. Also, at this point, Solo yeah. is doing that thing that you identified in the previous film, Alice, which is he starts every line with, "Well, I tell you." I tell you. Which I'm guessing, <laughs> I'm guessing isn't in the script because he does it like two or three times in a row. And I think that's just Robert Vaughn going, What's my line? What's my line? That's my line. <laughs> yeah, going sort of Bob Hope mode. Well, I tell you. Um, meanwhile, Ilya and, uh, and Tracy have been tied together over a pit. What's the nature of that pit, you may ask? Bottomless, of course, Mr. Solo. Of course. Just because I, I wanted a, having a pit and it having a bottom. Weak. Oh, Weak shit. You'd be embarrassed. Insulting. No, no. You you die of starvation as you're still falling. Like that's yeah. The experience of falling also, down just a pit is boring. Actively. Yeah. Also, it's very <laughs> it's very very narrow. So I feel like you could probably brace yourself. The thing about a bottomless pit is you've got infinite time to brace yourself against the side and climb out. It, in fact, it's true. If, if Although then the it gets quite existential because stuck their legs out, they could probably just land on the rim. Um, it doesn't matter. Well, that's sort of fine. like suspended from a rope over it. They could just like swing themselves to the side. They could do really yeah, anything. Yeah, good point. Yeah, uh, if they tried at all, I feel like if they'd attempted anything other than just kind of just sat there tied up, I feel like <laughs> when, you know, <laughs> when the bottomless pit opens, you get exactly one like perfunctory scream out of <laughs> out of Tracy. She goes like, ah! <laughs> she's like, oh no. And then she's like, doesn't make any further it's noises. More like, it's more like 
startled than anything else. Um, Having set these traps so- in motion, um, like the, the candles burning through the rope for Elia and the, the razor's going to cut Solo in half. Having set all this in motion, uh, Parvis and his boys just fucking leave. They just bounce. Yep. They're not going to sit around and wait for this to take effect. a lot of Mediterranean shit to be enjoying. They're, they're, they're doing <laughs> I've just remembered like- a Tracy line from this scene that I need to fucking bring up because it's so important to have a friend who'll back you up. You know, it's so important to have yeah. someone who, when, when the villain goes... Relatively yeah, simple no, this piece is true. of detective work. No, it isn't. He's doing very well. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> Thanks, Trace. Yeah, it's really cute, actually. Yeah, thank you, Trace. She's just hyping him up. <laughs> it's like, anyone could have put that together. And she's like, no. It's, like, it's actually, and actually very my complicated. Boy is doing amazing. Yeah, he did a lot of work on this. Just perfect. <laughs> anyway, sorry, carry on. So, so w- w- with one bound, Jack is free. Like Solo, just like instantly gets out of it. He, he, just he sticks saves... his legs up and stops the pendulum. And I, yeah. I feel <laughs> later on, uh, later on, Mister Alexander's like, "How did you get out of that tomb?" And it's like really easily. <laughs> yeah, like really remarkably with remarkable ease. Uh, he he like grabs the rope at the last second. Uh, and Ilya and and Tracy are left sort of like halfway into the bottomless pit, and Solo is just sort of like doing his arsenal of like rope based bits. Yeah, he's at got them a captive while they're hanging. <laughs> yeah, it's like, literally. Uh... Yeah, it's like a a hanging in there scene cut. Um, yeah, well, we didn't see, it, but he did like two or three more. He's just like, here I. Yeah. Sorry, I was late. I was a little tied up there. Like. And then we cut to a, another fucking location. This Mr. Alexander has an immense amount of locations, and this one he does. is a health food ranch where he's got these two fucking Colonel Gaddafi-looking-ass guys that he's showing his two horses. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he's looking at a field with two farm. horses in it. Yeah. Yes. And they go, yeah. uh, is, is everything in, in line for the, the murder? And he responds, yes. He responds, yes, after a fucking shot change to a different location. So he just, like, didn't say anything for, like, 20 minutes until they all sat down and went, yes, it's all ready. (laughs) And he does this again mid-sentence. They teleport to the fucking stud farm near a tree. And you're like... That's what Alexander the Great would do. Would be, like, not answer you for 20 minutes, get in the next location, and then be like, By the time they've forgotten what the question was, he's just, like, sat down. <laughs> it's like, yes, he's meditating on this deeply. But his plan is that these these guys from unnamed country are going to do their generals. They're going to do a coup um, after Mr. Alexander breaks Commandment Six by assassinating their president. And he's also going to give them the will gas. Oh, the gas! Yeah, we forgot yeah. about. Yeah, the don't gas. worry. The movie yeah. did too. The movie did as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, doesn't yes. come back up again. <laughs> and he's also like, I'm going to yeah, like use their country the for reasons in order to like. To take over Asia when when I when they do the coup, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. At this point, we like Mr. Kavon, the the guy with the criminal limp, is is like, ah, I'm your old teacher, and Mr. Alexander's like, yes, you are the Aristotle to my Alexander. Oh, um, I get it now. He's Greek. Is he's Greek? Um, He's he's also trying to like sideline Kavon. He's trying to like send him to a retirement community. Inexplicably, this is also mixed with him looking for his fucking car keys. I don't know why. Yes. <laughs> this is truly the just be doing is. shit. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Like that's the villain of this movie is a guy who's just doing things. 
<laughs> to be fair, like if you were about to explain your evil plan, but you couldn't find your car keys, you'd be looking for your car keys while you were explaining your evil plan. It's just like, That's it's like Blofeld Verite. never did this, right? Like there was not a scene <laughs> where the author of all my pain was like, "Hang on, sorry, I'm sh- I had them when I left the fucking <laughs> house." Phone? Um, <laughs> like retracing my steps. I feel like Riptorn was like, "I need some business in this scene. I'm like my character needs to be doing something." And and then the people from Uncle just gave him the weirdest shit. So they're like, "Yeah, okay, in this scene, your business like, is yeah, you just you lost can't find your motivation. keys. What's my <laughs> your business is all right. These marshmallows, you're gonna toast." <laughs> yeah, cool. Right. You're really mad that the helicopter's not here on time. I'd like... <laughs> just imagine fucking any bomb your motivation losing incomprehensible. <laughs> like, like oh, fucking dear. in the in the scene where like he meets Stromberg for the first time, and he's just there like mid sentence going like, "Oh, I, hang on, <laughs> hang on, I'll show you it in a minute. I've, I put it down somewhere." Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you never fucking see Blofeld like the Doom Fortress door slides up and Blofeld's like I can't remember why I came in here <laughs> he walks in through the door and it's like you know what I just plumb forgot why I came in this room and he turns away you, and walks you, back out yeah. you only live twice Blofeld threatening Sean Connery and being like hold on a second one second uh, the fucking little monorail that we have around the base that's like five minutes off schedule and it's making me look like an absolute cunt right now. I've got to be honest, Donald Pleasant Blofeld would 100% be upset about yeah. the monorail being Losing his keys, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, how am I going to lock the base when we leave tonight? And meanwhile, he's got a second guy saying, I need to find my keys two times into a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, Mr. Alexander's bird is so incomprehensible that it, his super objective might well be find keys. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing is just just in service of like a basic task <laughs> so, so he um, so he hands these these generals off the will gas meanwhile uncle are like okay we gotta run this shit down what Greek shit do we have in DC and they come back with oh there's a Greek health spa called the Grecian urn go Go investigate that. See if there's anyone looking for his keys in there. Yeah. Um, um, meanwhile, Mr. Alexander just Chad shit because he shags the princess. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, this huge is huge dick energy. This is Chad, sorry. Huge. I'm always di- doing he's, this. He's, he's fucking her, and then the door goes, and she and she goes, "That's probably your husband, right?" And she's like, "Yeah." And he, uh, she's like, "Yeah, he's pretty punctual, isn't he?" Goes out there, sort of visibly like zipping his. Back he's, up not place. only not only that he, he's tying his tie and it's not a fucking tie it's a bow tie this man is tying a oh. bow tie an impossible task to do while telling Incredible. the prince of a nation about how he's just slammed his wife and he's like i just i just fucked your wife and the guy's like oh i'm going to kill you and he says no you're not going to because you're bitch made Luckily for you, I won't tell anyone that you like are too much of a coward to like defend the honor of your own wife. But what I am gonna do is hang up a framed picture of the number six. So number seven, yeah. seven. Because the um, seven commandment is of course thou shalt fuck uh-huh. James Hong's wife. Um, thou shalt not fuck yes. James Hong's wife. Uh, but he's like, well, no. The mm-hmm. thing is, um, so there's gonna be a coup in your nation. Uh, the president is going to be replaced. You're royalty, so you're not going to be touched. But if you don't want anyone to find out about this and you don't want to get fucking cooed, then you're just going to mm. let it go. So that's what's happening. Huge, huge dick energy. Huge dick energy. So, and these leaves. Yeah. So, it's the, at the Grecian urn. 
the Grecian urn, we are at the gym from the 1950s yep, news yep, 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 yep. The, There's shit getting vibrated, women. there's shit getting rotated, there's a women trying to ass wiggler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because this was back in a yeah. day where people genuinely believed that um, as long as your muscle was being moved, that counted as exercise. Mm-hmm. So most exercises yes. were just like attaching a belt to something that would just jiggle your shit. Um, and you would be like, this is <laughs> yeah. working. Definitely. Or some wooden rollers that would like roll your muscles and, and shit like that. And then we see that Pervis is just doing the YouTube zone. He's like watching all of this on a monitor and just like cracking up at how silly he's it is. He's also getting, while a, getting pedicure. a pedicure. Yeah, Pervis is just there like leaning back and he's like, Daddyus. <laughs> I have to do one subs, thank you. <laughs> absolute, absolute. It's so good. It's fantastic. (laughs) So the uncles are outside Um, in the car and they they send Tracy in and they're like, find out where Mr. Alexander is. She goes in and then mm -hmm. uh, the girls escort her to room A, which, love it. Oh, we've, yeah, I want to talk about the girls escorting her to room A because, first of all, the Greek goddess looking woman, like, uh, on the desk, hits the kill this guy button so slickly. She just, like, walks around the desk and, like, incidentally hits the, like, big silent alarm button. Yeah, oh, by Um, the way. And. Yeah. Oh, by guy. the way. Um, yes. Uh, and, and so Tracy's like, "Oh, well, I'll just be leaving." And two women like grab her by each arm and take her to room A. And she's like, "Well, I guess I'll just be in room A then." And it's like that's me as fuck. They give her a forced Fantastic. beauty treatment, which like I, again, again, it, like this is all gay I never wanted to me. Mm-hmm. Same, same, big same. She, Maybe we could organize she, this. So Purvis arrives and she's like, "Hey, mm. I'm gonna." She's pretending. She says, "I'm gonna sell Uncle out." Take me to Mr. Alexander, and I will tell him what Uncle know. Um, what's What's really funny is that uh, Pervis is the only other guy in the movie, aside from Solo, who calls it UNCLE. Yeah, that's quite fun. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, like Tracy hasn't emerged, so Solo goes in after her, and then, then, and then it's time to go Devon then. Hello, gentlemen, yes. ladies. How are we doing? <laughs> I have a drop here, and it says this: Mongo, Mongo is here. We've got a Mongo, everybody. <laughs> And I pointed at the screen and I went, Let's go, boys! Because they're like, Oh, you're 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 a man, obviously you can't go to room A, that's where the broads is. Um fortunately, mm, yeah. uh room B getting getting has like weirdly forced guys. treatments. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, room a B fella called Mr. Ingo steps into the shot and into my heart forever because his, his name Ingo. is so nearly Mongo. Yeah. It's like the thing is, it, like Mr. Ingo doesn't sell it. This actor's name is Cal Boulder, and that sells it <laughs> so much fuck? more. <laughs> like yes. this man is Mr. Boulder in his day to day, and he is fucking huge. Uh, maybe first of all, huge strong man. His name is Cal. Massive. Um, like he's Cal from Boulder. Krypton. That's Cal great. Boulder. C A L. The, let me just say the sexual tension between Solo and Ingo. In this oh, moment, yeah. is profound. It's and what's also very funny is that he gives Solo basically an accurate medical, where he's like, "Holy shit, you make the worst martini ever, and you drink like five of them a day. You've never even seen a vegetable. You are incredibly unhealthy." Um, I, I, I'm, we're gonna get you on some health foods, brother. Also, we, I, we I think we've kind this. of glossed over what Ingo's appearance. Ingo is like. Bald, shaved head, very jacked. He's like a head taller than Solo. This guy looks like Nappa. Like he's huge. Yeah, yeah. He is fucking massive. And he Although- walks into the film and his opening line is just, I am Ingo! 
It's fucking great. <laughs> and they're like, Ingo will take care of you. And he's like, hmm? And then he look over and Ingo steps in and goes, I'm Ingo. And it's like, Picks him up. answered, baby. Yeah, he's moving yes. solo around the room, but like, he's not like leading him places. He's physically picking him up and taking him to the various <laughs> stations of the room. And at this point, he hasn't been told to kill this fucking guy. So I can only assume that no. that is the basic thing he presents to all of his clients. Um, yeah. Which, first of all, I hope he has. We're so yeah. trying so, to go to this fucking Grecian urn place mm-hmm. for 100%. different reasons. But while Ingo, is, um, Ingo says, I will show you a chart, and walks away, and Solo sneaks away. Great line uh, from any manga. He finds... <laughs> the, the, the chart is just like a picture of some broccoli, and it just says, eat this. <laughs> Solo sneaks away, he finds the princess in a hot tub in, in mm-hmm. a room, just doing femme shit. And she's like, do you want to like... Yeah. Do you want to... But give me a yeast infection in this hot tub right now, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I'd love to, but I've got, I've got to." That mission. line never fails. Yeah. Apart from this time, mm-hmm. yeah, he's literally just like, uh, "I would like to, but I, I'm just, I'm a little busy right now, and also I think I'd hurt my back." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah odd line. So he, he, I mean, he finds Tracy. He correctly predicted in the last movie that he was gonna experience getting hit on the head and kidnapped. So I, I think he maybe is just like, mm. no, if I stay in here, I'm gonna get my back hurt by some fucking henchman. So <laughs> just in time for Ingo to re-emerge with his big broccoli chart and immediately take charge of the situation by once again bodily picking him up. He like takes the magazine out of his gun and bends it in half. Another classic yeah. big Hell guy move. Fucking yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so Parvis takes Tracy away in the car, and Elia follows them. And then we get the solo and go fight. This is remember Ooh. the um, the Bond Ooh. Mongo fight against um, <laughs> fuck. Uh, oh shit! Was it against massive Pierre Novelli in? Oh <laughs> Never yeah, say never, again. Oh, never say never again. Yeah. Uh, it's yes, very yeah. similar, except much worse. <laughs> the fight between my dad and Pierre Novelli, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I thought of this as profoundly sort of Roger Morian in nature, in that it's sort of like they're doing bits, like he's throwing dumbbells at him, he's like trying to kill him with gym equipment. Yeah, it's a bit like a, and a Jaws fight, really. faces that Robert Vaughn makes in this. Yeah, I have a Ooh, screenshot yeah, one of one of the faces, like, and it oh, will yeah. be the episode art, do not pushing, worry. Pushing back and forward on like a barbell, and Robert Vaughn makes a series of very Roger Moore-like faces, including just sticking his tongue out at one And then point. finally, also, we get the incredible moment that, that Robert Vaughn gets behind and go, goes to Uncle Chop him, and it doesn't work, and he tries it again, yes. and he hurts he his, hand, his hand, because then goes so jacked, he's immune to Uncle Chops. <laughs> the Uncle it's Chop perfect. fails. <laughs> and he makes the face like, oh, it's <laughs> so good. Just fantastic. Just fantastic, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so Solo fucking kills him like the guy in uh, uh, The Crucible, the more weight guy. He puts him under oh, I, like I a choose, bench I press. I choose to believe that Ingo is, is alive. Yeah, Ingo's fine. You think he's going to kill a guy like, like He's enough just weight on him. Because no, it's doesn't. one of those bench press machines where like it has a thing that stops it going too low. Mm. Um, hmm. So it's not crushing him, but it's just got so much weight on top that he also can't get out from under it. Yeah, and also you ha- you must bear in mind that it was enough weight for Napoleon to move in one go. So I, I doubt that would kill Ingo at all. Um, but it-, mm. it does trap him, and it allows Napoleon to escape. Yes, yeah. Um, so we get this lovely scene where Tracy is brought to Mister Alexander, and she's like, "Oh yeah, like you know, I'll tell you everything I know about Uncle and what they know about your plans." And he's like, "Go on then." She goes, go on. "Yeah, go well, ahead." Well, that. 
I'm not looking for you and, and, uh, <laughs> and he's like, you're bluffing. I know this from chess. <laughs> ah, the classic <laughs> chess move. I know what you're doing. Yeah, you're chess, bluffing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so <laughs> and has he followed goes, them there. He goes, he calls up his fucking, like, main guy at ranch and is like, can I get yeah. a security check? By the way, this guy's wearing, like, three kinds of denim and a cowboy hat. And he goes, yes. I get a security yeah. check. And he goes, yes. And then turns around and we see Ilya Kiriakid wearing a full suit approaching him in the, across the middle of a field at walking pace. And he's like, yeah, there's yes. a guy here. And they're like... And then, and then what, what, what Mr. Alexander does is he goes, it's time to activate the fucked up bell, the fucked up alarm bell that I had installed by Jean-Michel Jarre as an artistic thing. Security conditions red. Really weird. Come <laughs> this, get your dinner. This bell sort of like reoccurs, and I'm like genuinely so alienated by it. I, I, it's incredible. We're in the Devon um, zone right now because we've just had a Mongo, hmm. and now the only thing that could get me more invested is, is we unleash a lot of farming equipment in an attempt to kill Ilya Kiriakis. Yes. And I was pointing at him, going, "It's a tractor." This this scene is really good for making <laughs> so us good. like Elia Kuryakin more than Solo because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. over the course of being chased by dudes riding farm equipment, Elia is like kind of humiliated. He like falls in a ditch and it's like poor David McCallum. Like this must have been a pain yeah, in the ass. To yeah, film. I wrote down David McCallum wasn't getting paid enough for this. Whatever it was, he like fights a guy in double denim on top of a tractor, uh, like nearly getting plowed in the process, and then defeats him only for a reverse shot of three more tractors each armed with a different deadly farming as you can implement. imagine I was cheering and, like no one's business and, and also because there's no budget one of those tractors is the first tractor again Don't worry about and Elia's <laughs> move Elia's move is to like dive into a bog and stay there getting covered in shit while the yeah, farming equipment man, passes harmlessly like, over he him. He fully immerses himself in like silage, it looks like, to, to yeah, escape from like, a rotivator. And I wrote, ooh, ooh. <laughs> and he does get a successfully captured yeah. and is brought in front of Alexander. And he's just like covered, <laughs> covered in, in silage. Covered in, in, silage. in, in Mr. Alexander's in house, which presumably he objects to, but like. With like light coloured carpet. <laughs> his mind. his yeah. shoulders are so slumped as well. He's just felt like oh, I fucked it, lads. Yeah, <laughs> like he's, he's so sad. He's, he's like, survived yeah. the encounter, but he's like sad about it. <laughs> yeah, he's so like, good. I'm gonna get killed now. And I'm gonna be. I'm not gonna get killed really before they kill guy. me. And, Alex, um, and Alexander presents um, presents his wife with an ultimatum. He's like, uh, could you go upstairs for me? And we get a, a quite long exchange. I, I will say this, but I have got the whole thing here, which is this. And if I go with you, will you promise not to have him killed? Oh, yes, yes. I'm sure you wouldn't want me to do that. Oh, that's very thoughtful of you. And if I don't go, you will kill him. Yes. Don't leave yourself out. Oh, well, in that case, I, I can't think of when I've had a more tempting offer. <laughs> Incredible. She just, stuff. She's she's talking like um, this the entire movie. It's so charming. Yeah, it's an interesting yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. think period feature of mm. scripting is that nowadays the fewer words like every every single line in a TV script has to be like as few words as possible. Um same same for film as well. I don't know what this is. I like, know, I just watched the film contrast now. to yeah, the theatre. 
as a contrast to theatre where you can have like long lines um, and in, in particular like you, you can really notice the difference between films that are written by theatre writers and also by actors and by people who like screenwrite and they're just trying to get as few words as possible um, so it's just I, I quite like it actually because I am somebody who is quite verbose and also writes quite verbose mm. characters but I just noticed it as an interesting period feature yeah absolutely so uh, he uh, Alexander hands Kuryakin over to Professor Warren Zevon um, and then goes goes to Purvis and says, "Call my other moustache guy." <laughs> I need a <laughs> second moustache. Yeah, I'm fucked. <laughs> and and so Solo gets in a taxi outside the Grecian urn and is immediately perfectly taxi kidnapped by second moustache guy. Yes. They hit him with um, the knockout gas. Yeah, they smoke. They, fucking- they, they let him stew in it for a second though. Before, <laughs> before they hit him with the knockout gas. It's as long as I remember. Yeah. Before they, before they hit mm. him with the knockout gas, they like fuck. He like gets in the back of the car and like tries to tell the driver where to go. The driver is already driving at this point, and you get like the long slow realization from Solo that he has been kidnapped. He like knocks on the window a few times and he tries the car handles and he's like. Wait a, and then they gas him. <laughs> like it's just so fucking good that they let him figure it out first. <laughs> yeah, the the comic timing gas. Um, so Kuryakin is getting tortured, I guess. Yes, yeah, so, so, yeah. Professor yeah. Kavon, like they have thankfully allowed him to shower. Um, Kuryakin is uh, now clean, and he is tied up in his underwear, like David McCallum, looking great shape. Actually, pretty good. This. Yeah, yeah, good. quite sexy. Um, and uh, he's tied up, and Mr. Kavon wants to mummify him because yeah. he's in a he's in a cult. This is this is an attempt for yeah, Mr. Kavon okay. to get um, a Kaufman star, despite despite being disqualified from it from being in multiple scenes. Sorry, no, the Kaufman star, if there is one to be awarded, has to go to the wheel gas. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just for Dog Cube in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, ha- um, he has a but- great line, though, where, where he says, he, he explains the sort of his cult background, and uh, Kuryakin goes, well, I thought, I thought that they were all died out. And he goes, well, you know how it is with cults. Which I, I really... I like yeah, that he knows he's in a cult, which is an interesting one, because most people <laughs> yeah. these days don't realise they're in a cult. Yeah, you're not supposed to know that it's a cult. If, if, yeah. you, if you're in a cult, you're supposed to be like, oh, I'm with the guy, like, they're my friends, we mm. have this lovely little community. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. That's, that's, that's the kind of like, the king of the hill bit, where it's like, are <laughs> y'all with the cult? And it's like, it's not a cult, it's an organisation that spreads love. And they go, yeah, we're here. Like, that's... <laughs> it's the same in um, the... Benson and Moorhead movie, uh, The Endless, as well. But like, instead, this guy's like, "Yeah, I'm in a cult. Also, I might be the only guy in yeah, the cult it's a at the cult moment." Of one. It's actually me. <laughs> I'm sort the of cult. A cult of the mind. Um, Welcome to my yeah. cult of the mind. But he's going to mummify Elia alive, and uh, Solo this. Solo sneaks in, uh, and then uh, Professor Warren Zevon whips around, and he has a knife hidden in his crutch because he's evil. He's like, I've seen, yes. I've listened to Kill James Bond. You're not going to exploit this disability, motherfucker. But then he also goes, <laughs> you wouldn't hit an old man, would you? And I wrote, mm. birthday boy deployed. <laughs> which- <laughs> yeah, he tries to exploit his own disability, yeah. <laughs> which is incredibly. You got to beat him to it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but he he does not win. Uh, he gets he gets. Kicked into a tub. Yeah, Elio is, just falls again, very... on him tactically and like knocks Wait, him into the tub. I swear to God, I have a drop. Give me, give me a second. Mr. Solo, you've got to be kicked into a tub. I think um, it's this one. And here's Birthday Boy himself. Yes! 
Oh, that was such a Hail Mary. <laughs> okay, thank Christ. Yes, <laughs> birthday by himself. So, Love it. Um, so they, he rescues Kuriakin just in time for Alexander to realize that Solo is there and he's been played and the taxi kidnap has not gone off. Oh, I also forgot the way in which Solo gets out of the taxi cab kidnapping is the uh, uh, second moustache guy opens the back of the cab, finds him unconscious back there. Solo wakes up, punches him, and goes, The trick is not to inhale. Which is... Mm. <laughs> so good. So good. I love so, it. So, so then we have to go to... Um, oh, uh, Alexander, embers- Alexander strikes mm. Tracy to establish that he's evil. Um, and yep, then he drives evil. away very slowly. Um, and Solo and Kuriakin get into the taxi that Solo arrived in, and they drive after them. And we go to Washington. Mm-hmm. To go to this embassy, go to, where, go to another um, location. <laughs> yeah, to, where he's going to kill the president of unspecified country. Except they've been misdirected. Um, it, so Alexander and Tracy are able to go there undetected, while Purvis leads them into a trap, and we have a gunfight. Except the guns all have the silences that are really silent, and Ooh, I without really remorse. like. Yeah, this, this is fun actually because they use yeah, it for comic no- effect. Yeah, and it's not like without remorse where it makes like a pew noise. I mean, silent. I mean, like, they are firing these guns next to people, and they don't notice. Yeah, there's like a it's wedding fantastic. party coming out. This is this is genuine, like, police squad tier shit, actually, because the, the wedding yeah, party yeah. comes out, um, Solo shoots and kills Harvey's, and then he's uh, like... Sorry, no, actually, uh, Elia kills both of them. Elia kills both of them, fantastic. Um, so Elia kills them, and Harvey's gets, his corpse gets bundled into the fucking, like, bridal car. <laughs> they, just married. Just married, and they drive away, and, like, they're all there, like, the whole crowd are going, like, yeah, woo, and then we hear from off screen the massive scream that is, of course, the bride noticing that there's a corpse in the car, and immediately the guy <laughs> next to Solo goes, I knew it wouldn't last. And I just wrote, it's so It's perfect. so, like, screwball comedy. It's so, yeah. it's so funny. <laughs> it's just genuinely police squad tier shit. So we uh, we go to the embassy yeah. where uh, Alexander is giving, frankly, a weird speech. <laughs> we just well, cut to him giving his speech objective. and he goes, So you see, I've broken all the Ten Commandments and then I will rule the world. We see the we, crowd we cut of, of like ten people who are all just like, What? Hmm? Yeah, they're so <laughs> confused. <laughs> so, so like getting midway into a speech, like, I have violated all codes of human morality. And it's like... Uh, and they're like, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And he pulls out the smallest knife of all time and stabs the president of this nation. Who falls into a cake that has been baked in the shape of a number six. We have seen this man before. Yes, yes we have. I recognize this man. The president of the fucking corporation from... He is Mr. Osato. And you only live twice. Mr. Osato from Osato Chemicals. Yes. This is what he did after... after, Well, I guess he got away. One year before. One year before. Hey, yeah, all huh? right. Good to see you again, my Amazing. friend. How you doing? Yeah. And How he doesn't die. Terry? He doesn't. He falls into the number six cake, and then he gets up again, and he's like, "Ah, Mr. Alexander. In fact, we were warned by the UNCLE. The coup has already been prevented. Your entire plan has failed." It's and Mr. Alexander's like, up. "I've got to go see it. Like, just <laughs> oop, share oop. goodbye. He'll <laughs> excuse me." Roll up with a fucking number six cake as well, which is very strange. <laughs> The way that he leaves is that he puts a knife, the knife that he was going to use to kill the president, to Tracy's neck, and then, much like Inspector, 
<laughs> we cut to the exterior of the building, and a, a sort of a human-shaped dummy wearing a tuxedo is thrown back first out of that window. Sorry, I, I think this is a real human being because because he jumps out of the window in the shittest possible way, which is like interior shot, ripped on, just like steps back and kind of sits down through the sugar glass window <laughs> yeah. outside he sort of like sits falls chaotic like he doesn't dive through the window dramatically he just kind of like falls out of the window and part of the window frame falls on him you can actually see it fall on him and his leg comes up like oh like shit i'm gonna have to pull this up and have a look it's so fucking you're gonna good. have to specifically what we're gonna have to do is 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 like cut this window shot in to the window shot from spectre <laughs> it's so it's so undignified it's just at least his whole plan has just been fucking destroyed and he's like ah fuck i'm out shit <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he, he he is racing back to to the health food farm where he has a plane stored. The men from Uncle even is waiting for. The men from Uncle pursue <sighs> in a Jaguar E type, a silver blue Jaguar yeah. E type. Oh my god, so Ooh. good! And we get a genuinely impressive stunt. Yeah. in a TV movie, which is solo, well, stuntman, like jumps from the E-Type to the door of the plane as it's taking off. I want and this car. They really sell I it. want this car so it's, much. It's really good. It's really good. Um, they get in a fight. Solo loses and just like gives up and parachutes back out of the plane. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, and at this point, the good guys win through luck. Yes, because... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happens? Alexander, like... Like walks up to up to the uh, the professor who is like piloting, and he says this line: "Great big cums." He doesn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, he does say that. I don't know if I have the line. Wait, what the fuck did I put it on? Oh, bottom right. Okay, <laughs> this is the line. <laughs> Leave that in. Leave that in. Well, this has been one of those days. <clears throat> we just set the plane on course for the Caribbean. <laughs> Something I'm always saying. Great um, comes. At this point, he's unlabeled audience. Uh, Kayvon then is just like, I'm betraying you now, and then pulls a knife on mm. him, and we literally, like, we literally get Mr. Alexander doing that quote from Man Stabbed. What are you gonna do? Stab me, meme. He's yes. like, you're not gonna stab me. Put that away. And of course, he stabs him, stabs him, and like kills him. <laughs> His reaction. We get we get <laughs> so a perfect good. death noise because he just goes like ah he screams so loud it's like ah and then then <laughs> Mr Kavon pulls the knife out and then like trips stabs the controls of the plane and presumably hits the yeah, detonate he, plane he, button because he the hits plane just the like button explodes. that destroys the plane instantly you gotta not why would you have don't that don't put that button on your plane <laughs> <laughs> there shouldn't be a button we, that destroys the plane. we cut to some like. Archive footage of a plane exploding in midair. I guess, I guess then, the uncle agents must be like, "What happened? Huh? Good thing you weren't still on that plane, uh, Napoleon. Like, what? Did you do yeah, this?" Yeah, I guess. Presumably, Napoleon's like, "I didn't do that. That's... <laughs> I thought we were fucked." Just try and write it up I in thought, a way that looks good. I thought good. we'd lost. Yeah. So we then go back to the back to the embassy, uh, where Kuriakin is getting hit on by the princess, which makes Solo jealous, which is fun. Um, uh, Tracy also uh, kisses Elia, which also makes Solo jealous, which is very fun. Yes. Um, and then 
the woman who has been on the radio enters the situation, and we fucking get a twist that explains some things and then raises a lot more questions. Mr. Waverly, M, is like, oh, I see you've met my niece, Maud. Yeah. Because... also, Maud is portrayed as like a sort of singularly unerotic name here. Uh, like Solo's like Maud. I don't know. She pulls it okay. off. I think it's uh, yeah. I uh, so. It's deliberate, I suppose. You spend the entire it's, thing being it's a like, fine name. It's weird. I wonder what this woman's name is. It can't be like a normal person's name. They have to have like one that's funny. Um, and they've yeah, gone with like Maud. Dr. Lucy Goodpussy or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, Good pussy. But so, but so M is like. I said good pussy. Oh, sorry. Um, Emma's, I'm just, like, Emma's like, this is my niece. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Lucy. Go- I, I know, uh, Napoleon, that you are a fucking danger. So <laughs> yes. I, I told my niece to flirt with you in order to make sure that your kind of fucking dangerous sexual harassment efforts were directed at her who was expecting them and can control them rather than like random women on the street and in the organization yeah, yeah and napoleon I, I, goes using... great point however unfortunately she is now in front of me unprotected so we're gonna go and have sex now um yeah, and, and, and and just sort of like accepts this and it's like okay like first of all i'm using my niece my own flesh and blood as a sort of ablative sexual heat shield and second of all great now that she's here Ooh. Mm. Uh, second of all, now that she's here, yeah, you do actually get to fuck her because you, yeah, you did a good job, job by parachuting out of the plane and waiting for it to explode on its own. I think the way to play this would have been you have M say, "Aha, Miss Solo, she was my niece all along." I was, you know, I was doing this. Still pretty misogynist. Then he walks away, and then Maud initiates and says, "But I actually meant every word of it." Like that's, mm. I think, the way to do it without she her doesn't. being quite so much of a fucking object, rather than Solo just being she like doesn't. sex she, now, she just... leading her away. Is purely an object. He uses for like a like a sex dispenser, and it's a shame. Mm. That's the movie. That like Another last Batman. minute fucking hits us with like a significant amount of misogyny. Because thus far the yeah. movie has been pretty okay, mm-hmm. um, especially by yeah. like uncle and sixties standards in terms of misogyny. And then you just like hack it all in right at the very end. <laughs> you know, like at the last moment, you fool! It can was I misogynist a- the whole time. Can and I like, ask a question? <laughs> Go on. Who is the spy that has won too many? Um, uh, prob- um, no, they seem to be an actually quite an acceptable number of spies for this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's um, sort of the number that you want, yeah. really. Um, yeah. <laughs> is it meant to be Tracy? Like she's getting in the way? Literally, oh, fuck, who maybe. in the shit is the spy? <laughs> who is the title character? <laughs> Answers on a postcard, please. We have a science-based system on this podcast. Called the Scum System stands for Smarm, cultural insensitivity, unprovoked violence, and misogyny. How smarmy is this movie? Uh, yes, very. Unfortunately, exceedingly. Um, but to be honest with you, I, I don't mind it. Exceedingly. Smarm is the yeah. one that I, I am the least upset about rating highly. Yeah, because <laughs> the movie it kind is of very suits. misogynist. That's bad. Yeah, I racist. feel like this one has like more lines, like more lines that are meant to be jokes. Um, if it's very like, smart, the trick is not to like, inhale. Ba-da, ba-da, stuff like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Except the problem, the problem is some of them are funny, which kind of I would say detracts from its smart oh, yeah, racing. Like I, I, I think the smart racing for Bond is meant to be like he laughs at his own jokes, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think this may actually be be lower. I, I could see my way down to like a. Four, even, for this. Four was what it was last time. I'm happy to rate it four. I could do three, then. Yeah. Dev? Hmm? Um, yeah, 100%. Uh, listen, 
go right for it. Sorry, I'm just trying to find out what the fuck the spy who is too many is. I'm just reading the Wikipedia. Which <laughs> spy is the one spy that is too many? So this was adapted from the, the season two premiere of uh, The Man from Uncle, uh, which was both yeah. of them were just called The Alexander the Greater Affair, parts one and two. And there's no, there's no mention of what the fuck they could possibly be referring spies, to. Numbers of expected in regards spies. to the number of spies. Um, so cultural insensitivity. I'm going to show you the heritage of the ancient cultures of the Mediterranean. Which ones? God, I hope it's the Minoan the, cultures because those women would just titty out the entire day. Mm-hmm. Alas, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. What they mean is, is like every you. other culture in the ancient world is like women can't exercise naked, and then Sparta and Minoa are like, out of my way, gay boy, I'm about to get it. Um, and we approve of that. I feel like so, this, this film seems to be under the impression that like Greeks are some kind of like Arab or like some sort of like, yeah. like it, <laughs> it really, it really is. Really good, really Greek good pull quote from yeah. Abigail Thorne on the poster. <laughs> this movie appears to be under the impression that Greeks are a kind of Arab. So, a, a, a weirdly sort of like Turkish huh. revanchist movie. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, all of these guys should be wearing fezzes. They should I, I mean, be like, like in a racial sense, I'm sure there are people who, who, who are Greek yeah, from like Arabic, worry, you yeah. know what I mean, yeah. Um, but I feel this, like it's th- pretty These people high. should be like under the dominion of the sublime port. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So like not quite clear on what's Phoenician and what's Greek. Yeah, and, yeah. Five. Also, the guitar is a bit. A yeah. bit like, I wouldn't go the made five up god. Well, maybe five I would. Enough. Yeah, I would five. I don't know if I would go to five. Four. Mm. I take four. Four, four is okay. over half because t- again I keep yeah, tricking myself because yeah, we only go to seven. Yeah, let's do four. Mm. Unprovoked violence. Okay. Hmm. Um, uh, basically none. I mean, basically yeah, none. No. Yeah, yeah. The uncle tends to score pretty well on this because it's all yeah. it's all pretty provoked. Like uncle's unprovoked. <laughs> I mean, the, the ending of the film, like the film ends because of some unprovoked violence from Mr. Kayphone. It's just like fuck it. I'm I'm like double crossing <laughs> you now. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. really. It doesn't it's really portray any of gas it. a dog. <laughs> yes, like, yes, that. true. Animal testing. They do do animal testing. On the other hand, it, it, it is sort of the opposite of violence because it makes the dog non-violent. So That's fair point. Well, it also takes even... away the dog's agency, which is a kind of violence. <laughs> I just, I really respect <laughs> that, like, the villain of this movie... It does, it does violence is the force that takes away agency. No, 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 no I, you're right. I, I, I this agree. is violence it's against the dog. Seven. To say <laughs> it takes away the, the dog's agency. Yeah. The film believes that Greeks are kind of Arab and the, the will gas takes away the dog's agency. Um... <laughs> Mm. <laughs> One, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, that's really got me. One solitary point. Of one dog gas. Other than I that, just, it doesn't like, everyone else? I just respect so immensely that, like, Mr. Alexander. After everything that's happened in this, all of his plotting, he chose to kill this guy. He's done all the the things. He's found his keys finally. Like, when all of that is foiled, his response is just like, well, "This has been one of those days." <laughs> <laughs> that's so. That's such a good mindset. Mm. Yeah, it's like yeah. damn, win some, lose some. Anyway, mm. only change what bothers you on your worst days. Don't continue doing weird plans. <laughs> From the Caribbean. Yeah, what bothers him on his worst days is not knowing where his car keys that's are. That's right, misogyny. It's going to be pretty um, high, I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm afraid. I, yeah, I mean, sex is reward. Women are gaslighting. Women love to like uh, exist only as sexual beings. On the other hand. Tracy isn't. She's Tracy is really merely good. out for her money, which yeah? she inherited. Yeah. 
Um, but she's a good character, I think. Yeah. I. Mm, she has agency. Yeah. I like Tracy. She does. I mean, obviously, I like this do. doesn't pass the first elf test naturally, but like. No. No. I mean. In, in as much as the uh, Tracy talking to like the receptionist of the clinic and I'm going go to room A counts as passing the Bechdel test. Yeah, go yeah. to the like lesbian. Technically does. Yeah. Technically it does. So, uh, it passes the KJB test. Five, six. What do we think? The last two Uncle films we've given it eight. I would say this is a six. Six. Yeah. Okay. Six. Um, They're doing pretty case. well. And if it ended exactly five minutes earlier, it'd probably be like a four. Yeah, or a true. Three even. Well, that gives uh, us a total score of. 15. It means they're getting better. That's pretty good. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty it, damn uh, good. Incremental reforms. Incremental reforms and liberalism. Uh, Robert Vaughan wins for the third consecutive time the Brian Cox Memorial Award in Intelligence. Uh, the Kaufman <laughs> star goes to the dog cube. Uh, does that destroy <laughs> um, the tone of the film or does that I establish the tone of the film? Yeah, you can't destroy the tone too early on, I think. Mm-hmm. The dog okay, cube. Okay. The um, Kaufman I, star remains uh, a... Difficult to attain award, and yeah, okay. and the and the good night slash Kuriakin cross. I, I feel like mm-hmm. Kuriakin's just constantly winning the good night cross. Yeah, yeah, sort of being covered in slurry and silage and things of this nature. Kuriakin absolutely wins the good night cross. Yes. Um, well, this has been one spy too many. Yes. Our next bonus episode is gonna be. Girls' night because Dev isn't gonna be here. For mm-hmm. it. Dev, right. Dev's on, Despite... on Dome Leaf this weekend. I I am away. Despite <laughs> picking the movie, I am I'm I'm away this weekend, so it's gonna be a girls' night episode. And after that, uh, the next movie in the Man from Uncle series one is one of, of them. Our spies is missing. I wonder if the next one. I wonder if that's going to have anything to do with the plot of the movie. Maybe not. <laughs> of the <laughs> number of spies that there are. Yeah. We'll see. There might just be no missing spies in that. Uh, but regardless, we'll Impossible see you in to two tell. weeks' time. We'll see you in two weeks' time. Goodbye. I never got to use this drop, so I'm using it now. You're so nasty. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of kill james bond uh next week on the free feed also because it's the winter of content it's girls night because we had some real scheduling conflicts um and there's just literally no chance i'm gonna have another spare moment to uh record an episode uh because there are a number of like christmas holidays coming up so we have to bank these um and i simply wasn't around on the day we need to do the next one so it's gonna be abby and alice on their own but if you miss devon i wouldn't worry about it too much because i will be back on the free feed in two weeks time for the next man from uncle film which is of course uh one of our spies is missing one of our spies is missing. You don't have to give us any money during this period at all, but some people do, and I would be remiss in my duties if I didn't give a shout to our £15 and above patrons, and those are Christine Fox, Amanda Comet, Freya Aloysius, Gustavo Lira, Jack Holmes, Paint Macala, Thomas Oberhart, Nick Boris, Yarrick, Natamori, Harriet de Kock, Corios, the Commissar formerly known as Jen. Thus far, I've not been informed what the, the Commissar is currently known as. Probably just the Commissar in general. Library Hitman, 
Beef Crime. Still maybe my favourite. Benno Rice, Jonathan Gerdes. Again, don't know how to pronounce that one. Gallen Burney, Max Gamenhart, Jack Drummond, Kit Devine, Kentucky Fried Commie, Jay Martindale, Hell, Lysamesh. Again, don't know that one either. Jonathan Siegel. I should check how to pronounce it, but I won't. Tarp O, Big Titty Goth Girl, Mothman, George Rohack, Trip, Harrison Fuller, Charlie, Out of the Closet, Alex, a trans robot, Brown Brownen. 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 Violet Cybra. Zoe Shepard. Turfsy Shit and Die Alone. Elizabeth Cox. Danny Potter. The Spy Who Got My Nose. This, that one's good. Thank you. Ben Ross. Quinn Valeri. Alfredo. Big Old Boy. Raul Leal. Wolfie. Al Owing. Lucy Keeley. Millie. Josh Simmons. Lauren Bastin. And Robert Greensmith. Thank you so much for your support. Kill James Bond is, of course, Alice, Abigail, and Devon. Our producer is the wonderful Nate Bethay. Our podcast art is by Matty Lubchansky. Uh, and our website is by Tom Allen. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>